Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was a bouncing in and laughing as we rolled down an old dirt road. Daddy looking in his rear view, hoping that we just hang What's on. What's up, guys? Connor Ferguson here well, with Dan Hollywood for episode number so 11 fun. of the Always Race Day podcast. Damon, you guys got a top five finish in bowling this weekend. We did a uh, very good weekend, and uh, the coach is pretty happy and uh couldn't couldn't complain one bit we we finally finally put things together so uh, i'll take it yeah if you didn't know damon is the head coach over at columbia college uh for uh the women's bowling team uh he does a great job i know how passionate he is i don't know bowling very well uh (laughs) but we're still it's still on the board at some point we'll be in the student section uh at a bowling game i meet I'll, I'll take it. Take whatever whatever support we can get. Absolutely. So Damon was down um, in St. Louis, right, at Lindenwood? Yeah, down at Lindenwood, just uh, just off their campus, basically. And yeah, had a had a good weekend. We we're seated third after day day one, and ended up fourth overall. So can't complain. Going to get a lot of points out of it, and uh, hopefully move up in the rankings. Now, is that a uh, was that a tier one or a tier two tournament? Tier two tournament, a uh, lot of a uh, lot of match play involved, but uh, tier two tournament, and uh, I think there was ten teams there, so fourth out of ten. And um, any time that you can finish in the in the top five in any tournament's good, especially ones that you feel you should. So, absolutely. Um, so I was down uh, on Friday. I had a long weekend. I was down in uh, Lakeside Speedway. Thanks to uh, Dave Hayes uh, from Knoxville and those guys for letting me uh, tag along with them uh, on that trip. But we went down to Lakeside Speedway uh, over in Kansas City for the World of Outlaws race on Friday night. Uh, Gio Selzy got his first World of Outlaws win uh, actually since 2019. He thought it was the beginning of 2020. And I think he must have won with the All-Stars at Volusia over there or something like that. But mm-hmm. And that's kind of a combined field. You, you get uh, what I'm saying, but sure. first, uh, first official world of allies win for him since 2019 is third of his career. And he's only 19 years old. I think he turns 20 pretty soon here. So mm-hmm. pretty cool, uh, to see that. And, uh, got back at like 4am went over, uh, went up to Ames to uh, Jack Trice stadium, watched Iowa state get a top 10 win on Saturday. So, uh, pretty fun weekend, uh, overall. I would say it's a, a pretty, pretty fun weekend, man. It, it was, uh, it was sad to not be at 
either a Jack Trice or the Kansas Speedway this weekend. So um, that, that was the, that was kind of the dark cloud and what was a pretty good weekend. So I I'm glad that you got to experience the lakeside. Um, I was, is that your first trip to lakeside? That was my first trip to lakeside. Um, do you want to, let's start with that. Let's start with that. Cause okay. we pulled in uh, this, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to expect really. I'm told it's a three eighths mile uh, race is more like a half mile uh, oval, especially around the top. Uh, I was told also, uh, and I'm not going to name the crew chief or guy that told me this, um, but the guy who, uh, whoever's prepping the track, it was prepped better uh, the past three or four times the outlaws had been there. Um, so I'm not going to name who said that or if it was different at all today, I had never seen it before. I thought the race was fine. Uh, it takes a lot for me to say race sucks though. Obviously you know that. Um, right. But yeah, so we, uh, but we pulled in um, pretty early on in the day and I see like someone way out in the distance is parked over there and he's got like a red, white and blue monster truck. Just, uh, I, it was like a bus on monster <laughs> truck tires. Uh, I was going to go take a picture of it. But it was actually way out in the distance. I didn't want to walk all the way out there. That's awesome. It was like the opposite way. So uh, cool to see that. And then we see all these signs that are like, we'll, we'll spook the hell out of you here at Lakeside. And I'm kind of like, huh, this is uh, I guess it's a Halloween themed racetrack. I don't, don't know if I've ever seen that before. Um, and I'll talk about the race in a sec, but we're on our way out. And all of a sudden guy pops around an RV uh, walking in front of us. And he's like dressed like the clown from it what and i i'm just like i i had to like do a double take we, and we're looking around there's another guy in red face uh big mustache devil horns on him with like a big indiana jones whip walking around in like 18th century like tuxedo i it was what? like the, it was the weirdest I, they must have like a haunted house there and that's their way of promoting it is like putting the haunted house workers to work after the oh race oh my goodness the races too um, so <laughs> I'm sorry to everyone for not getting a picture. Uh, cause for a sec, I had to like open my eyes a couple more times and like, how much sleep did I get last night? Am I seeing what I'm seeing? Gather right yourself now? a little bit. Uh, and you know, I, uh, I wasn't, I still like, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure that that's what they were doing, but at the time I was still not a hundred percent. These weren't just weird people at the racetrack. That's so I didn't want to stick my phone out the window and start taking pictures of them. Right. Um, but I have been told that's like a normal thing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so that's uh, insane. <laughs> I mean, it was interesting to see, especially when you're least expecting it. I mean, it's right. a good shock value there. Uh, hey, that's how they get you tied in, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but you know, aside from the only time when you could really gain or lose spots rapidly was off the restart. Uh, at the track, we saw Aaron Wrights will get a good jump a few times. Madsen was getting, I mean, he's of course starting the race, but that was giving him a huge jump throughout the night. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when Gio actually took him, he had, he just had to ride that cushion and turn one and two uh, with three laps to go. Um, and he ends up getting by for the win uh, and overcoming that kind of jump that Madsen uh, took. And I got quotes from that in my story explaining that we got, 
couple exclusives coming up uh, from people we talked to at the track for Always Race Day, and I'm super excited to talk about those. There'd be more to talk about, honestly, but the points race is quickly like, I mean, it's it's wrapped up. Brad Sweet is yeah. going to win the title. So, right. uh, other than that, other than that um, Aaron Reitzel, uh, let's, I, I put this out Friday night, but I'll, I'll break it again tonight because I it didn't really get much attention it kind of got sideswapped with the rest of the story but uh aaron reitzel will be running that number eight car for the entirety of next season on an open schedule uh and he told me he loves that he he said that's how he'd prefer it mm-hmm. uh, that's that's what he wants to do uh especially right now in his career and i'm sure that that includes kind of uh the world of outlaws and um the situation that happened with them uh so uh-huh. I, I think that's a little bit why uh and I, guys, I didn't just not ask Reitzel about it. Um, he did not want to be asked about it. I did not want to press him on it. That's not what I come there to do. Uh, I, I asked him about his situation going forward. Uh, he's He said his piece on it. His crew chiefs said a ton. Um, and I did thank Reitzel for uh, taking the time. He's, he's awfully nice when he's talking to me. I understand he can be uh, different on the racetrack or how you view him as a competitor. Uh, but just for the record, for what it's worth, uh, he has always been great uh, taking the time uh, with me. And we'll have a story about him in the uh, Toyota Racing Development Program coming up this week on Always Race Day 2. That's awesome. I know That's there's awesome. a lot of very vibrant Aaron Reitzel fans out there that want to see that as soon as possible. Maybe we'll get him <laughs> on the podcast. Maybe we can try to get people to like him. Hey, there we go. That'd be all right. How are you gonna How are you going to manage that one up, though? We'll, we'll get in contact with them. I, I know some people that uh, can reach out and all that, but I now, also, we, now we got to figure Henderson, out Justin Henderson will be coming up. Is that, is that a guaranteed thing? He was very, he was very confused at how to use zoom. What? He, he was very confused. He thought he was expecting his phone to ring. Gotcha. And that's what, so I said, I'll, I will text you the zoom link and we'll do it like that. So he was expecting his phone to ring. Then he forgot about it um until the next day <laughs> so he said his bad he didn't mean to blow us off or anything like that so that's that was his way of getting out of it though yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> i need to learn how to do that more often i can't say no to people man right um what else happened this week and let's take you through it um or do you want to you know what all right we'll go to we'll go to nascar first I'll have a wrap up of like one liners we can do and then we'll get to the formula one race, but Kyle Larson, uh, wins again, um, holds off, is able to hold off chase Elliott because just how those restarts go at Kansas chase got behind and it took him a while to pass everyone. Cause you can, can only pass one guy at a time for like five laps. It seems at that track with this package. So, uh, Elliot drove his tail off trying to get to Larson. Almost actually got a uh, flat tire like we saw many other drivers do, but Larson ends up hanging on, gets another win. Elliot and Hamlin leave with a pretty comfortable points cushion, I would say. They won't tell you that. They're going to go race next week like any other race, uh, mm-hmm. as Larson did today. Damon, what were your thoughts on Uh So, obviously, I didn't get to see, see much of it, um, but – went through and kind of followed along on some highlights and have been, been scoping out some, some Twitter stuff, obviously uh, pretty darn cool for Larson uh, driving Ricky's paint scheme at Kansas to win 
on the uh, the anniversary of of his and everybody that was evol- involved in that uh, 2004 plane crash um that that anniversary to the day basically um so that was that was pretty cool pretty special to see him get out of the car and and uh, point to the sky afterwards with that so um obviously yeah, as a hendrick guy you know the whole backstory to it and and that was uh that was pretty special so pretty cool to see him win number nine and uh, you know it, it's easy especially knowing that he's punched his ticket to to phoenix that he could just say we're gonna ride around for the next couple of races and instead he goes out and and wins another one and so i mean i think i just saw something on on uh twitter before we jumped on here that he's now up to 44 percent winning percentage since 2020 began so the the guy's winning in everything and then you know the other the other thing that i thought was pretty funny is we're on this podcast last week talking about how martin truex has basically got a win and now he's six points out yeah yeah that uh you know what's crazy with that is that if Ryan Blaney didn't get completely taken out by Austin Dillon, we're looking Mm -hmm. at a different point situation. We're looking at, you know, um, Hey, we have uh, three guys that have 30 point leads, except if someone outside the top four currently were to win, Mm -hmm. then they're basically racing around a three point lead on each other. Mm -hmm. You know, they wouldn't be racing with that 30 point cushion on everyone because they Mm -hmm. have to beat each other. Exactly. And, you know, obviously, like you said, that Hamlin and and Elliot kind of know that they're in and they just kind of have to manage come next weekend. And you know that they're not going to do that. But, you know, there's like you had tweeted out, there's only one spot really up for grabs now. And it it's really a four person race for that, that last spot, you know, Bush is a point above and uh, Blaney, I think is the one that's a point below now. And Keselowski's three back and, and Martin's six back. So it's, it's pretty good. And, and Logano's good at Martinsville by all Logano's only 26 back now too. So yeah. So, could that you know, could that throw a wrench in things uh, if we see mass chaos? Maybe I think otherwise. Logano's pretty much looking at a winner go home. Yeah, uh, it's as, are, as are those as are those other four. It's Martinsville. It's the race that generally ends under the lights, and there's a lot of fireworks that go on with it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I wish we could start it one hour later. I agree. I agree because isn't it starting at what one Here, one two there. So they need to start it. Yeah. they need to start it an hour later. Absolutely. Um, what else was I wanting to talk to you about the NASCAR race? I think I read something that with a 15th place finish, Elliot can clinch in and with a 12th place finish, Hamlin can clinch in. Okay. And of course there's stage points. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you look at that, I think if Elliot wins and then gets second or third in the stage or something like that, he can, he can clinch his way in, uh, early on, on in the well, race. Talk about, talk about Sunday. a terrible day. If you're in the points battle for stage points, I kept, you know, I'd follow along oh, yeah. the day when I had some breaks and, and jump on Twitter and, and it was like four guys, 
got stage points. Two guys got stage points. It's like, how is, you know, it's a terrible day if you're battling for points and stage points. In the drivers that aren't Kyle Larson category, it was three in the first stage and only two of them in the second stage. And Chase mm-hmm. Elliott took up a spot in each of them. Yep. That's a big part of why he's uh, up. I think Hamlin took up a spot in each of them, too. Yeah, I think um, that sounds about right. But yeah, so they were both not confident in having a 30 point cushion going into the next race. But without Blaney also having that cushion, I think they're both safely in it. Yeah, and that's just it. Is I think as long as they have good days and they don't finish, you know, they don't wreck out early or have mechanical failures early in the race. Um, they, they have to be nearly sure locks. If not, uh, if not just finding a way in, like you said, 15th and 12th or whatever it was. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we'll see about that. Um, I don't know. Uh, I do have, I do have a confession to make. What's that? I think the people that have the playoff format living in their head rent free, uh, every week, especially after a Kyle Larson win, I think I have them living rent free in my head. Mm-hmm. I agree. I've, I've done bad. I've done bad on this. I need to let them, let them bitch in the corner. And I'm going to sit here and just enjoy the decent race we saw at Kansas and be glad it wasn't a 550 snooze fest. Honestly, I'm just gonna, I'll throw this out there. The guy wins nine times in a year. And I know it, you know, I know it's rare that, that someone wins as much as, as he does, but you win nine times in the year, lead the most laps, the, for any driver in a 36 race schedule. And if for some weird reason, you don't end up winning the title. I think people have a right to be upset. Now, hold on. They have a right to be upset in the point system that they want. They want a guy who only has two wins to be just as close to winning the title as Kyle Larson's. I I'm not, no? I am not defending the old way. I'm not defending the old way. Right. But what I am saying is if you win nine times in a season, and it's a it's a whole lot different deal but you win nine times in a season that's and not win the title that's almost like highway robbery at that point it is and it can be um and we'll definitely see what happens i think we should wait and see if he loses it how he loses it you know stuff like that yeah if it was like a fight if it was like a fight to the death between him and ham or him and uh elliot like with five five to go and the rest of the field's behind them, and it's just those two going at it. Can you imagine how epic that's going to be? Oh, that'd be so much fun. If, Elliot won, I, if Elliot won, I think we might have a dirt versus uh, asphalt fan civil war. On Probably. That was the situation. Probably. I'm, I'm very excited to see how that turns out because I think Larson has a really, really good shot at winning the title. Uh, I think Hamlin is going to have a good shot. If he gets there, I, I assume my final four is Hamlin, Elliott, Larson. I don't know if yours is any different than that. No. Um, and then I'll probably decide between Blaney and Logano, honestly. But I don't I don't um, see Truex or Kyle Bush going off and winning Martinsville. Uh, I see Truex winning Martinsville, actually. 
Has he been all right there? I need yeah, to do my been, research and he's been really, check. really good there, especially here lately. Now, and if you're he, a Larson fan too, you don't want any more Joe Gibbs guys in the final four than you have to have. Right. I mean, you're, I, cheering I for, you're cheering for Hamlin to lose a tire on the third lap uh, and completely junk his race car. Absolutely. They are so good on 750 tracks, and that's what Phoenix is. Sure. I, I don't doubt that one bit. Um, and, you know, you don't want another Gibbs car there. But I also think that just looking at sheer numbers, Martin is really good at Martinsville. I, I think he won in the spring there. I think that's where he picked up his win. Is that's a real oversight. <laughs> hold on, hold um, on, because I haven't done my. I, I go through and look at uh, past races and stuff. That's it. Plays a big part in my picks. Did I? Pretty sure he won in the spring. Yeah, he won in the spring. There, oh, there we go. All right. Well, maybe maybe I have seen Martin Truex winning at Martinsville. I just forgot. Oh, yeah. Then it yeah, was in the back of my head. Well, he won there. He won there. Um, in the spring, and then he won there last year too, but not in the. I think it was the earlier of the two, but yeah, he's been he's been good at Martinsville. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Um, yeah, I picked I picked Larson and Elliott today. I didn't even pick a third driver. I put some money on Ty, uh, Tyler Reddick to finish in the top five, but that fell through. But anyways, I I've picked five straight races in a row i noticed that you changed your name to brocktober it's basically the same thing going on right some now are call, some are calling me brock fergie i won't Might say as who, well. but some some are calling it brocktober uh, might in, as well in terms of my DraftKings account might as well stay with it because that's kind of <laughs> what it looks like right now man um absolutely uh fun month uh to be a racing fan and an iowa state fan for that matter and can't mm-hmm. believe there's only two races left uh in the 2021 season um other piece of nascar news real quick before we move on uh tony stewart dill jr and clint boyer are going are going to be practicing uh in the nascar next gen test at bowman gray stadium on tuesday Oh, uh, so they're, they're getting ready, uh, to go down, um, go down there and test the car. So it's ready for, uh, the shootout next year or whatever the mm-hmm. hell they call it now. The class. What, what do you think of that? Should be fun. Should be fun to see. Uh, uh see I'm sure they're going to have some videos on social media, stuff like that. I wish that I could get a, a quick ticket to, to North Carolina because that would be that'd be so cool to see see those three guys uh testing the new car and and the nice thing about it is Dale Jr is you know relatively fresh out of the car and is in the TV booth so he's going to be able to provide feedback Clint Boyer's fairly new out of the car and is in the TV booth and is going to be able to to provide feedback. And then you have Tony Stewart, one of just the all all around greatest racers of all time that gets the opportunity to, to go as well. I I think that's, that's cool. And I mean, outside of maybe Ken Schrader being the other option, I think those are three pretty good choices. And uh, this tells me also that uh, whatever argument NASCAR got into with uh, Tony Stewart that resulted in the loss of Eldora as Mm -hmm. the uh, truck race on dirt um is somewhat resolved i don't think they'd trust him with a next-gen car uh 
if they were still like fighting with him per se. Sure. I don't know if they'd ask him maybe. They'd yeah. That's, a, that's him, a better way but... to phrase it. Yeah. I think yeah. anyone would trust him with a car like that. Well, I, don't um, if, I don't know if they'd ask him, but yeah, I, I got what you're saying. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's move to formula one. I was uh, double screening today um, because of the F1 race. Uh, and I saw what a lot complaints of people do we have today. What's that? What complaints do we have from that race today? Oh, Dave, you can tell Damon's pissed off how much I complain about stuff. No, I'm just asking. I, I didn't get to see any of it. No, you're good. I'm asking. Um, I'll, I'll go off uh, a guy named Bozy. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but if you're on Twitter a lot, you, you know who he is. Uh, he's he's kind of talking about how Formula One's mentioning uh, NASCAR a bunch um, and talking about their race uh, and everything like that because they're in the United States and there's a NASCAR race that day. Um, NASCAR hardly mentioned F1. Um, he, he kind of related that he's, he thinks there's like a NASCAR like thing where you're not supposed to talk about formula one. I completely disagree with it. When NASCAR sees an IndyCar race, either before or after they talk about it at ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's perfectly fine. And it's perfectly fine for them to talk about the F1 race or not. I think people are quick to forget uh, that formula one insists on having the races at a certain time in the day, no matter what time zone they're in. Uh, and they have scheduled a race in the state of Texas on the same day at the same time when NASCAR was racing at Texas. Exactly. So if a, if a series does that and comes in, they only race here once a year. And you know, as much, as much as I'd like for one of them to be at 10 AM, the other to be at two PM, mm-hmm. whether whoever it was, yep. I, I think you're, you're asking the wrong party to switch their stuff uh, when they purposely schedule on top of them. Yep. And I think NASCAR remembers that and that's completely fine. I remember it. It sucks. That's terrible. If you're a race fan in Texas and you want to go to both of those things, there's people that went to that last week and then went to this this week. Right. And I'll be curious to see what TV ratings were and how how they kind of match up and compare like what what can we see from from television ratings okay did we see a the typical trend because f1's had a pretty good year with ratings and so do we see those those same numbers or do we see them lower and maybe the nascar ratings are are where they have been i don't know i i don't know what the F1 TV ratings will look like worldwide or what they measure them for, Mm -hmm. Uh, but not what they measure them for uh, per se, but what they, what audience they measure, where they measure them from and when they get them, where they get them. Yeah. But I I do predict that this will be the highest rated United States crowd for an F1 race on TV. Um, And they had 140,000 there. It's the biggest crowd of an F1 race all year. I heard it was epic. It was, it had everything uh, that you want a race to have. It had all the hype. Uh, they only have one race here in the country a year. Um, so that's a big advantage to them and a, a big difference to that than what NASCAR does. Um, but they did invite a lot of these people and they had some concerts and stuff and a lot of celebrities there. So it, it felt like a big event. Um, and I think they really nailed that part uh, in that aspect of having it in Texas. Yeah. Well, and, and, it's at a, a pretty cool venue. It's at a, almost the perfect time of year. You know, they, they couldn't have asked for anything better to, to line up. And, um, 
we, obviously as, as NASCAR fans, we saw the race at Coda and, and rain or not, it was still a pretty cool event there. And they made the NASCAR race a big event. So to, to see the F1 race be a big event too, that's pretty cool. I can't, I can't wait to see that NASCAR race it hopefully in dry weather or yeah, that'll be, that'll damp, be fun. you know, um, cause I do love the big part of that track is that there's cameras all over the place. It's mm-hmm. so open. There's no trees blocking anything. You can see every part of the track mm-hmm. um, from these cameras and they did a great job of capturing it. I, I loved it. I agree. I agree. Wasn't, wasn't an electric race uh, in my opinion. Um, is a pretty good F1 race though. And Verstappen fights against Hamilton. They quickly make them the top two. Um, not like the series I'm saying they, they quickly separated themselves from the rest of the field. Uh, and then it was a strategy war and a war on when I have better tires, how much time can I cut from you? And when you have better tires, how much time can you take away? And I like that aspect of it. And Max Verstappen got a huge win. Uh, now he's 12 points up in the driver's championship. I, uh, I think I was going to say, I, I think, uh, think it's pretty, pretty easy or not easy, but uh, pretty typical to say for, for an F one race, but it comes down to strategy nine times out of 10. And how do you, you know, how do you manage your pit stops? How many times do you go in and, and get tires throughout an event? Do you have, you know, do you go in and, and get them a little bit earlier to maybe gap someone and try to try to go a little bit longer on a run or do you, sh- or do you get some later in the race and, and go. So there's so many things to, to look at, but yeah, I, I like it. Um, and, and I like the strategy part of it. I think that's fun. Absolutely. And I apologize to everyone. I'm battling a runny nose. Um, so that's why the goat came out and go ahead. Did not come out of it. Uh, but yeah, <clears throat> fun F1 race at Texas. They go back to uh, Mexico uh, and they will, they still have five races left in their season. So that's the cool part of it is we'll have everyone to talk about um, through the winter. Um, their next race is actually the day of the NASCAR championship uh, in Mexico city. And it starts, I want to say one hour before the cup race. Um, so hopefully, yeah, I think that's right. I think, yeah, I think that's that. right. Hopefully that wraps up. Maybe NASCAR gives a little bit more time to pre-race stuff. Um, and we can tell football night in America to suck it. We got a NASCAR race to watch. You that's football think, night in America. That's not Sunday night football, different things. You would Make think, but Hey, they still bring money. Absolutely. They do. Um, we'll, and we'll see, uh, what happens there, but I think it's big NASCAR gets the, uh, NBC TV, mm-hmm. um, the next two weeks, uh, to it's round huge. Up the season. So it's, it's huge. You put them on a, on a national stage. Now you've got to have weather cooperate. Um, obviously Martinsville is a great, great race. It always is. There's always something going on. So that's going to keep viewers attention. And then the other is the championship race and championships always bring viewership in their own right. As long as weather cooperates, it is going to be good ratings for, for NASCAR in the final two, two races. That key right there, as long as the uh, weather cooperates. So Mm -hmm. we'll see, uh, how that ends up going um, and all that stuff. Um, Let me look ahead to next week a little bit as well. Um, The other two things from the weekend, Ty Gibbs 
won the Xfinity race, uh, and then participated in the ARCA race. Uh, he had already won the ARCA championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had already clinched that. All he had to do was start the race. So, um, what do you think? Ty Gibbs is going to be fun to watch next year. Yeah, he is going to be fun to watch. Do we know, is he going to one of the, the open rides there? Do we Have we got that confirmed yet? Do we know? I believe that he will be racing full-time in Xfinity next season. And let me do a little double check. I, I, I know I, I shouldn't say I know I figured he would be running full-time. I didn't know if he was going to, to go into a certain car because, you know, he's ran that car this year. How many times without sponsorship, that 54 car that they've ran so many times without any sort of sponsorship on it. And so it's interesting to see, if he goes into one of the full-time rides and what, what kind of sponsorship money he gets for it. Yeah. So I don't think it's been officially announced yet, uh, but Brandon Jones um, is back with Joe Gibbs racing. So I believe that he will be the second, uh, a second car for Joe Gibbs racing, not the second car, but you, you understand that. Another car out of their stable. Cause they've got, well, they got the 20 to fill and the 18 to fill. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe it'll keep the 54 number. I don't know what number he likes to race with. I'm guessing they won't keep the 54 because that was Kyle Bush's number that he brought in when he owned his own team. So yeah. I would, I would say that the 54 will go to that, their all-star car technically. And then absolutely they'll figure out the other one. So we'll, we'll see what happens uh, with that. Um, and yes, I think that NASCAR test is Tuesday. I don't have it written down on here, but that's what I remember reading earlier. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll correct it in a tweet after the show if, if I need to. But uh, this week we've got trucks, Xfinity and the cup series uh, all running at Martinsville. It's good to see the trucks come back. Uh, we've also got uh USMTS's uh, championship race, as well as the Castrol flow racing night in America, late model race. Um, and then I'm going to talk about this because you guys are about to hear uh, about a 10 minute interview I did with Brian Walker uh, and the Walkopedia Carolina midget showdown at Millbridge speedway uh, two night show Monday and Tuesday of this week. And it's bound to be fun. A uh, lot of big names going there. I think Christopher bell uh, is racing a car there. So it should be, it's going to be really cool to see. Um, and it's awesome to see how passionate Walker is uh, about midget racing. Uh, Cause I kind of, I kind of, sti- uh, what do you say? Dip my toes in the water of a ton of buckets, mm-hmm. I guess uh, with my racing stuff, but uh, he, he loves midget racing. Uh, his Knoxville is the chili bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, he grew up in Oklahoma. So really fun interview with him. Uh, and I appreciate him coming on here. He is one of my favorite follows on Twitter because of the knowledge that he has the Wikipedia site on Twitter. I love that. And that's actually where I got that Larson stat from earlier was, was from their, from their site. So they're awesome. And I I love what, what he does. Absolutely. Um, did I miss, did I miss on anything? We, we are going to have a guest on the show um, on this Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, whenever we get to that. And we're back to a normal schedule now. But Yep. Oh, let's see. Uh, drag racing's in Vegas this weekend. Yes. That's a big third. miss for me because I forgot to write, second write down to the last, drag racing schedule. Second um, to last one for them on the year. That's 
Ron Caps is my pick for the Funny Car Championship. We got to get Oron oh, to uh, get on get in on this, and we'll give him the Always Race Day bump. Uh, we'll try to go. get him on the podcast next week. There you go. He's in. Uh, he's in a good spot. That's for sure. We'll see what happens there. Damon is. You don't got bowling this week, right? You guys no, are off for a bit. We're done now until uh, let's see, November twenty first, twenty second, or whatever that weekend. The weekend before Thanksgiving is is, so, is our next one. So going to be a fun little wrap up uh, of the year over the next five weeks here. Yeah. Um, between NHRA, NASCAR, Formula One, all that. So. Or I think Formula One goes to December twelfth. That's awesome. Uh, there, that Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, that Yas Yas Marina circuit yep. track, that's one of my favorite tracks on the schedule. So that's yep. where they're having their championship race. I'm excited. This is gonna be a fun ride. It, it'll be fun and you know, you get to wrap up uh, all the world of outlaws stuff coming up here in the next next few weeks on top of it. And um it, it'll be uh, it'll be a fun next few weeks, that's for sure. Yeah, I was uh, I was getting asked by a bunch of them if I was going to go to Charlotte uh, for the World Finals. I got a wedding <laughs> I got to go to that day. I'm pissed I won't be in Charlotte. Uh, I'm pissed I won't be in Ames uh, watching Iowa State play Texas too. Uh, I'm looking forward to that game. Yeah, Damon will probably be at that game. I will be up in Minnesota that weekend. Uh, <laughs> we'll have I we'll have eyes multiple TVs on. Everything. No doubt. No doubt. Well, thank you guys uh, for joining us, uh, listening to the Always Race Day podcast. Um, as always, let us know. Uh, if you know anyone interested in advertising with us, I'd love to work out a deal. Uh, maybe put their rival out of business. Uh, or maybe maybe just put them into a lot of good business and be very there nice to go. everybody. Yeah. Uh, Y'all let us know. Uh, tell us what you think. And uh, thank you for listening. Uh, for Damon, I'm Connor. Uh, and here's Brian Walker. So I'm Connor Ferguson here with Brian Walker of Wikipedia, uh, a social media experience. He's the World of Outlaws uh, Twitter super god, um, <laughs> often referred to as in the public. Um, Brian, you and Wikipedia are sponsoring the Carolina Midget Showdown on Monday and Tuesday. How cool is it to see your name and that brand on there? Uh, it's really cool. Um... More than anything, I just it's it's a great opportunity to kind of give back to the sport, um, you know. Through I mean, mainly, especially now when I started get working with the Outlaws and sort Power Eye, and then the Outlaws, um, Wikipedia mainly like shifted to only like off-season stuff, like Shootout and Chili Bowl, and um, the fans really supported me at those events. And uh, this is a way to kind of give back because of that. Um, so it's just really cool to do that all year. I mean, all back to last year too. It's cool to see. The stuff everywhere, you know, I mean, have suits with Kyle and Buddy. Uh, Buddy won last night with it. That was really cool. And, uh, and yeah, I'd have my name on a, a, wee, a, a midget race next week. It's really cool. I had a badass racetrack and then the micro race, too. So it'll be, it'll be cool. Yeah, and you kind of grew up. Um, I guess a lot of the Wikipedia stuff is kind of turning into a ton of midget yeah, stuff. Midget you do Midget Mondays stuff. and all that. What's it like, you know, just giving back to that specific part of the sport? Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's, I basically grew up around that. Like, I came from Tulsa. I grew up around Port City, micros every weekend, going to big micro races, and then it took off, you know, when I started working for Power Eye and – and then be, and being it's like really just being there from Tulsa. Like I went to the shootout in the Chili Bowl every year. 
So those is like those classes, micros and midgets, always meant the most to me. Um, so I, that's more than anything. I wanted to do something with micros and midgets and the Millbridge deal is like the perfect opportunity. And I think a lot of the people that are listening to this might be from Iowa, so they you know, kind of relate the huge race to the Knoxville Nationals. Um, coming from Oklahoma, obviously, the Chili Bowl is your Knoxville Nationals. Yeah. Obviously think it's that much bigger. Uh, no, I'm not trying to pit yeah, them against yeah. each other. Yeah, but. no, like per, I – for me personally wise, like emotional wise, I'm more just connected to Chili Bowl. That, that's my biggest thing. I think um, anyone would expect you to be. Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, I. my Twitter bio says I'm the World Outlaw Sprint Car PR coordinator for 51 weeks of the year. And one week I'm Wikipedia at Chili Bowl. So. Absolutely. And yeah, and that's that's the whole thing is if you grew up in Oklahoma, the Chili Bowl probably is that race for everyone that lives down there. Yeah. Um, and you tweeted this out to all the midget races coming up, including the USAC midget race, the championship. What's it like to see all that, to kind of bridge the gap from the end of the world of Outlaw season to the Chili Bowl? Uh, yeah, it's cool. Uh, like a lot of, a lot of, a lot of guys, like maybe Macedo will go out there and race, or like Larson will hit the West Coast. I mean, it's cool. I'm not sure how owners feel about it, maybe, but like there's kind of no off season in midget racing. Uh, you know, what I mean, they have the West Coast. It's great. It's great for fans. There's so much to watch. Right. I mean, you you never. I mean, it's like almost any given weekend, you always have something to watch between you know Hangtown. Yeah, around Turkey Night, the very next week's Gateway. You have one weekend off. Everyone be at PRI anyways. Then you go to DeCoin. Then you have like one weekend off for Christmas. And you have, I mean, it's like, it's great for fans. I, I think it's great in general. More, more, the racing's good. Uh, it, it's, 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 it's good. <laughs> and let's, uh, I want to spotlight the Carolina Midget Showdown or the Wakapedia Carolina Midget Showdown. Um, who, uh, how many, how many, cars are you expecting there and what are the big name drivers that you think are going to make the trip over uh i mean i would think like it'll probably be right like 20 ish probably it's, it's a tough time of the year for a lot of teams like with the west coast coming up and you know being a monday and tuesday but I, it'll probably be it'll, it's, it's gonna be a good field like bell's gonna be there christopher bell gavin bichelle will be there uh that's i think a lot of cool too like i mean you have we'll have some good guys cj leary will run a bowman car um and you have a lot of the young kids that have ran there a lot in micros that are coming up the midget ranks like that are going to be the stars of tomorrow like michelle uh chad boat's entire lineup will have what ryan Timms, jay davidesian and brent cruz um and then there's some other midwest teams coming out i heard like mounts motorsports is bringing a few newman was a maybe but uh it'll be about 20 inch but it'll be a good field and i mean like if you go back and watch last year's race it was you wouldn't think of it like I, I mean, personally going into last year's race, I had no expectations because <laughs> I mean, it, it, like Milbert started as a cart track, and then it, like it developed into a micro track, and they're like, ah, oh, let's put midgets out there. Like, whoa, whoa. So this this might be good to watch for a bad reason. But then it ended up like they went three wide, they were throwing massive sliders. It turned out awesome, and I I expect next week's race to be badass too. I mean, it's seventy five hundred to win, like. It's like the I think ninth highest paying midget race in the the country. You, so you basically are now the title sponsor of a leading midget crown jewel. <laughs> I don't know about crown jewel, yeah. but it, it's we a, can it's speak a it into one. existence. We yes, know. yes, exactly. Speak into existence. The the tenth annual Wakapedia Carolina Midget Showdown. So this will be running uh, Monday and Tuesday night. You say it's midgets one night, micros the next. No, uh, so They're next integrated. It, yeah, kind of integrated. Next week is the 
next week is the midget showdown and it's monday tuesday but they'll also run like non-wing micros and like gotcha. maybe a box stock or one of the kid cart classes but then the week after that before world finals like i think monday tuesday wednesday november 1st 2nd 3rd is the care is the walkpedia carolina micro showdown and that's micros specifically outlaw non-wing and that's ten thousand to win are you sponsoring that too i am big time yeah yeah yeah. that'll be cool that'll be a cool one like that race will probably get 50 to 80 cars and i mean it'll be like i know buddy's going buddy's driving one of bushell's car i think bell's driving that one too that one will have a lot of big starts too brandon overton was looking for a ride i don't know if he found one i want to get him one you're the title sponsor you got to now i'm trying i don't i just gotta gotta find a car owner we'll hop on that we'll, we'll do our best i'm not sure if our reach is longer than yours by any means um so if you're listening to this though uh tonight or monday monday and tuesday night of this week is going to be the midget showdown at millbridge uh you can watch it on dirt vision um it's going to be a hell of a show. It, it usually is when the midgets race there. Does Chase Elliott race there last year against Briscoe, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of good memories watching um, those guys race there uh, from a year ago. And then this year, uh, Brian, I'm headed to the Chili Bowl for the first time for Always Race Day. Good. What's your advice to me to cover it, but also to the fans going there for the first time? Um, man, I know covering Chili Bowl is really tough, honestly. Um you get an infield pass for sure. You need to watch the features from the infield. But I mean, as a fan, like get there, get there at noon. We don't, I mean, well, I mean, maybe even earlier. They start racing at four on the prelim nights. Get there on a prelim night really early. Uh, you know, go go walk around the trade show, walk around the pits. Like the, that's one of the cool parts about Chili Bowl is I think until like 2 p.m. when draw opens, uh, the pits are wide open. To everyone, you don't have to have a pit pass. I mean, you you probably you will, but uh, for anyone out there, the pits are open for a little bit. So go out there. The crews are always working on their cars. Drivers are hanging out. Uh, go to go to turn two. Go hang out with the rowdies at some point in the middle of the night. I always go, I go over there for like the the D or the C's on prelim nights. I try. To. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like Chili Bowl so much too, and it maybe like I think made it easier for me to cover is I experienced Chili Bowl as a fan for so long before I covered it. Like I had my years with the Rowdies. I I sat in the main grandstands. I sat on the front stretch. Like I, I've seen it from every. I think it's good to see a race from every aspect around the building, and especially at a building so unique like that. I think that's really cool. I recommend that. Absolutely. I at least got my my rookie year, year in this year with everything being so available online, streaming and all that, yeah. uh, and understanding the format and how big it was for a driver to win. Kyle Larson won the Chili Bowl and got in trouble with NASCAR for saying it was bigger than winning the Daytona 500 for him. So to put anything into perspective with that, you got anything else for the to tell the fans about Millbridge or Chili Bowl, anything? Uh be there if you can um i know ne- next week's kind of tough for maybe an average fan to get to if you're not from north carolina from north carolina there's no reason why you shouldn't be there uh if you can't talk every race is on dirt vision now every millbridge race is on dirt vision even their local micro stuff it's i i'll find myself sitting at home on a wednesday night and just pull up dirt vision because i can watch brent cruz and ryan tams throw sliders for a win at millbridge um so yeah if you can't be there watching on dirt vision um i hope a lot I, I hope a lot of people do go to the micro race too i mean that being world finals week the 10,000 win finale is Wednesday, the night before World Final starts. So I think that one could be really big. I think there's a late model race, I believe, at Cherokee, Cherokee on yeah. Tuesday. Yep. Uh, then that micro race, and then right in the World Finals week. So yep. the whole week is going to be filled with racing. Uh, Jacob, if you're listening to this, really hate that you had to have a wedding 
next weekend or World Finals weekend. I'm pissed about that. So hopefully I'll make my first trip down there next season. Yeah. Um, but Brian, thanks for taking the time for uh, talking to us, and uh, thanks for sponsoring these races. Huge. Absolutely, I'm I'm really pumped for it.